Wellness Force Radio, episode 37. It shouldn't be a big secret, but I think too often people end up waiting until five o'clock at night or six o'clock at night and thinking, what am I going to have for dinner? Well, that's the worst time to be thinking about what's for dinner. You really need to have a plan ahead of time. And with prep dish, it's not only having that plan, but it's actually having the food prepared ahead of time. So you have no excuses. Wellness Force Radio. Welcome back for another episode. I am your host and digital health coach, Josh Trent. And I want to thank you for spending this little slice of your day with me here on the show. I'm actually coming at you live today from Las Vegas at CES Consumer Electronics 2016. It is pandemonium down here, and I'm here for a really cool reason. I'm doing some research and some interviews in fitness and wellness technology around what are the devices and the actual applications we can use on a daily basis that make our wellness improve. Because essentially, that is the show. This show is where I bring you the most inspiring and passionate experts in behavior change and wellness technology. These are thought leaders. They dedicate their lives to empowering and inspiring us with the knowledge and tools that drive real transformation in our physical and emotional wellness. Today's show is brought to you by wellnessforce.com and the excitement could not be bigger for the digital health coaching groups launching in less than a month on February 15th. You guys, in 10 days, you can actually apply. Just go to wellnessforce.com slash 120 to discover more and see if this is the right fit for you. Now, today's show hits close to home something very important for all of us, and that is healthy nutrition, meal preparation, and the integration of actually getting this food into our hectic and busy days. As you know, if you've listened to the show before, in my adolescent life, I struggled with weight, and the majority of that struggle was centered around not having the education and tools to implement and take action on healthy behaviors. Now, what's cool about this show is that Allison not only is a registered dietitian and the founder of PrepDish, she's also extremely passionate about making healthy eating easy and dishes that can bring the family back to the dinner table. So if you've been looking for something a little more step-by-step and listen, if you're just like me and you're kind of tired of seeing 10,000 cookbooks about how to make paleo butternut summer squash, this is your show. We'll go through action strategies in a beautiful way to systematize your process so that healthy eating becomes a reality for you and your family. Without further ado, let's bring on Allison Schaff. Allison, welcome to the show. Hi, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. I was so excited when your PR person reached out to me. We were talking a little bit before the recording because I realized there was this white space on Wellness Force Radio. We have not done a show yet on what it is to actionably put meals into your life, how to do meal prep, how to integrate this. So today, really exciting topic. It's something that I love. It's food. And all of us have to eat food to live. But there's certain things that our relationship with food can be holding us back from in regard to wellness. So today's show is perfect timing with what I think everyone is taking a deeper look at right now as we move into the new year, and that is food, how it makes us feel and our relationship with it. Allison, welcome to the show. When I work with clients, what comes up a lot is that they don't have time and they don't want to invest in what I call the gathering phase of information. Today, we're going to talk about what it means to actually have food work for us. But I'm curious before we dive into you and all that you do with PrepDish, 
are you open to sharing something fun with us? Something unique or maybe a little crazy that people might not know about you? Gosh, I'm from a super small town in Kansas. It's a town of about 1400 people. So <laughs> not everyone knows that when they look at, you know, cause I've lived everywhere, like a lot of different places since I graduated high school, but I'm just a small town girl. <laughs> and your story is unique to, I mean, you're a personal chef, you're a registered dietitian, you have a master's in nutrition, you operate this thriving personal chef company, you're a specialist in recipe development, the founder of PrepDish. When do you actually hang out with your husband? You're a newlywed, right? I am a newlywed. <laughs> when do you find the time to be social and hang out? Or are you just so driven right now in your business to serve people that that takes precedence? No, we actually hang out a lot. And it's um, mealtime is actually when we hang out. So we both feel pretty strongly about sitting down for meals. We actually sit down for breakfast and dinner every day. So we try and have at least two meals a day. And every now and then we'll fit in a lunch. That's not very often, but sometimes. <laughs> so, um, but mealtimes, if nothing else, those are usually the times that we do try and um, hang out together. And then, of course, we always we do a lot of traveling together, too. So those tend to be the together times as well. Well, togetherness and bringing back family dinners, I know something you're passionate about. When I was a child, uh, we did not have the typical family dinners. It was sporadic, both parents working. And I know that for a lot of listeners, too, they're working busy professionals. So today, Allison is going to give us some really powerful strategies about how to integrate meal prep and make food work for you. But before we do that later on the show, Allison, I'm curious, you grew up in the kitchen since you're a little one and food has played this major role in your life since childhood. In this journey process, you even went to a school of nutrition in Boston, right? Was it Tufts Friedman School? Yep, it was. You did your research. <laughs> and you also worked for the Almond Board as well. So can you paint us just a quick snapshot of your story leading up to launching Prep Dish? Yeah. So I started out, you know, I was really interested in cooking in high school, but I was also active in sports and everything. And so to me, in my mind, I guess nutrition and cooking and food, they all went together. And I couldn't understand why, you know, why would there be chefs that don't understand nutrition? And why would there be nutritionists that don't understand cooking? And it just made sense to combine the two. Um, so through my schooling, that's exactly what I did. I, I attended culinary school, but it was a focus on culinary nutrition. And then in grad school, I had um, went to a nutrition school and did nutrition communications. Um, just because I knew with what I wanted to do with my career, it was going to have to be combining things and forming, you know, sort of something that didn't exist because I knew I didn't want to work in a, a kitchen all the time. And I knew I also didn't want to be a dietitian in a hospital. So, um, I, and I've always been an entrepreneur at heart as well. So, you know, growing up, I always had entrepreneurial jobs on the side that I was coming up with. I was actually a personal chef in high school. I worked for a local family here cooking their lunches every day. And so it's just always um, been a part of me, I guess. And um, yeah, so after grad school, I did. My first job was at the almond board. Um, it was a fun job. I went around promoting almonds. If you're going to promote something, almonds is a great one to promote. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it, I got to travel a lot to all the conferences. And um, but after a while, you know, I just sort of was ready to move on to the next thing. And it was a lot of sort of sitting behind a desk. The conferences were great. The, you know, face to face with people was always fun for me. And the travel was really fun. You know, when the economy slowed down, the travel slowed down a little bit. And I was like, you know, I'm really wanting to start something on my own. So that's when I picked up and moved to Austin and started out by starting the personal chef company, um, which still exists today. And that's where we, you know, go into people's homes. And um, the method is spending, you know, a few hours prepping their meals for the week. And 
as I was doing that, that's when I realized, hey, this process, you know, I started using the process for myself at home because I didn't have time to make a meal from scratch after cooking all day. Mm-hmm. And I've realized, hey, this I'm using this process for myself, for my clients. If I want to reach more people, rather than just hire chefs all over, why don't I just give people the tools to do it on their own? And, and that's what I did. I love that too. And it came from the trenches, essentially. I mean, you're, you're working with clients, you're making food, you're dealing with objections, you're seeing what actually works in people's lives. And then exactly. you turn in and launch Prep Dish. And I'm curious too, is something you shared in your story, Allison, you said, you know, I didn't really want to go the RD route working in facilities. Why is that? I mean, as a registered dietitian, what made you not want to take that degree in the traditional path? Well, for one, I've just never been traditional. I've always been like the entrepreneur. But I guess also like my focus was always more on um, prevention and eating healthy to kind of, you know, prevent things. And when you're in a hospital, um, the focus just by nature, when you get the people, they're already, you know, they're already sick. So you're not really doing that preventative. And I feel like with food, so much of it is about um, looking forward and being, you know, eating right from the beginning, not like after something happens, but before it happens. I think it was a year and a half ago, maybe even two years ago, the food pyramid was flipped in, in transition. And now it's myplate.gov. And I promise Wellness Force that we are going to get into the preparatory phase of food and integration. But Allison, I'm asking some great questions because I think that the way that you transitioned out of the traditional path, you said you're an entrepreneur, that you don't mm-hmm. necessarily walk that standard road. What are your views on the myplate.gov and the way that the government shifted from the triangle to the plate? Do you agree with the current methodology? What are your thoughts about that? Well, you know, I think it's hard when, um, you know, when you have government that's setting these policies because they have other people that they're trying to please, to be honest, you know, like they have other interests. And um, with food in general, honestly, and I think you said this in the opening, the main thing is listening to how food is in your body. Like, how does that food make you feel after you eat it? And that's not always going to be the exact same thing for every person. And so I think that's number one is instead of just letting someone else tell you exactly what you should do, you know, experiment and see what feels good for you and how different food reacts with you. Um, You know, some people are fine eating a certain food, but then someone else might have an intolerance or allergy to that. So I think the most important thing is just listening to your body and what works for you specifically, not what works for a hundred other people. I love that. I've I've heard Rob Wolf explain it like, you know, put on the sweater and see if it itches. (laughs) And that's kind of what I'm getting from you too. Exactly. No, that's a much uh, more succinct way to put it. (laughs) Uh, But, but it's very clear. And I, and I love how you focused on the fact that it's really this relationship with food. What has been your relationship with food as your intelligence and your knowledge and your cooking skills has grown? Do you feel like your relationship with food has changed in a positive way? Or what's that been like as far as how you view food and what it means to you in your life now? Yeah. Um, it's been strange because gosh, three and a half years ago, I found out that I'm intolerant to gluten and it's shocking to me still the fact that, you know, here I was in culinary school and in nutrition school and all that time eating all of this gluten and having no idea. And then now several years later, having taken that out, I feel so much better. I didn't realize I felt bad back then. It was like mainly my immune system, like my immune system so much stronger. There's just so much that I feel Hmm. better because of the way I'm eating now. Were you getting sick a lot? Um, I did get sick a lot. Yeah, I used to get strep throat a lot or like colds, you know, a few times a year, which, you know, seems sort of normal. But now in three and a half years, I think I've had one tiny little cold where I used to get several a year. Hmm. Um, So things like that, that kind of didn't seem that abnormal. And, you know, strep throat maybe once a year, 
maybe that's not good <laughs> looking back, not good, but it didn't seem that abnormal. And it's hard to say like, oh, well, that you can pinpoint it on X, Y, or Z. But looking back, you know, it was totally because now I just feel so much better. And it's obvious that that's what was triggering, you know, my poor immune system. But I didn't know that back then. So um, I'm grateful to have finally figured it out. How did you go about finding about the intolerance? I mean, I think I had heard on another one of your interviews that possibly there was a family member who had a reaction to GLAD and protein, right? Like they were actually allergic to gluten, but it, for you, is that the same condition or are you just more sensitive to gluten? Yeah, I'm sensitive to it. And it was, it was, um, one of my sisters got sick and had a whole host of symptoms and found out that that's what the issue was. And so I sort of just took it out for a month. I was like, well, I'll just take it out and see how I feel. But I had every intention of bringing it back in. And now I, it's very clear to me. I have no temptation to want to eat gluten again because it really does. I feel really bad afterwards. I'll get really bloated. I'll get, you know, it messes with my sort of emotions. And I mean, I don't eat it on purpose. It's just when I accidentally ingest some, it really wrecks havoc on my system. And it's just very obvious that, I, you know, there's some sort of intolerance going on there. Allison, when we look at inflammatory foods and the certain types of FODMAPs or whatever it might be that irritates certain people, how can we recognize when an inflammatory food is actually inflaming us? The best way, and this is where, like I mentioned, working with a health professional does help because they can kind of help you to pinpoint and track symptoms that are going on. But the best way is to sort of do some sort of elimination diet and track symptoms, anything from bloating to headaches to feelings and, um, know what's going on with your body and really come be in tune with that and, um, track that and see, see what's going on. Would you recommend a certain way of tracking it, whether, you know, anecdotally or on paper or through an app? I mean, I really do think having, especially if you're trying to, um, track through a lot of different foods and do some sort of like really big elim elimination diet. I do think if you have someone that can walk you through that process, that's better than just doing it on your own because it can be very confusing. And there is like sort of more than just like an hour after you eat it where you can feel symptoms. So having a health professional, um, if you have, a, if you feel like you have a lot of intolerances, someone that's leap certified can be really helpful as well. I feel like you have a really good process for, elimination and figuring out and pinpointing what's causing problems. Is that the LEAP MRT test? Yes. What is, just explain that real quick. So people that might not know what that is, what is they, what does that actually do for someone? How do they go about getting that test? So to get the test, you have to contact a LEAP certified professional. And the way the test works is it gives you a list of foods that you are likely intolerant to based on sort of this blood work system that they do. But then from there, the most important part is going through an elimination diet and eliminating those foods and then putting them back in and testing if they really are causing issues. So in a way, we can almost be our own LEAP MRT practitioner. Exactly. Very cool. Well, I want to shift and thank you for sharing that because it's not every day that you take out food for 30 days. This is very rare that people do this, you know, elimination <laughs> diets. Was that hard for you or with any clients you've worked with? How does one go about beginning this removal period? You know, this 30 day period where whether you're eating anti-inflammatory paleo or whole 30 or just eating real food, what are some of the things that come up when you've worked with clients or even with family or friends as objections to why the 30 days isn't meaningful or it'll be too hard? I mean, how do people do that? 
Well, some of my clients have hired me as a personal chef and had me prepare every single bite they eat. So that's <laughs> maybe not the most realistic way to go about it. But that just kind of gives you some insight into how difficult people see it, that they have to like hire the whole entire thing out. But yeah, I mean, it can be daunting. And that's why, especially if it's kind of a short term 30 day thing, I think working with a dietitian or functional medicine doctor, you know, get someone or even just a buddy that wants to kind of go through it the, um, together. But Really, if you're going to go through and do a full elimination diet, getting a health professional that's trained in doing that is helpful because there's tests that can be run before and after. There's certain, you know, just things to keep in mind as you're going through it. So, you know, if you're just looking to take out gluten or just remove dairy and want to try one of those things, go ahead and do that. Um, although one caveat is with removing gluten, it would be helpful to be tested for celiac disease before just removing it from your diet. Um, celiac disease, you won't test positive for it if you've already removed gluten from your diet, which um, was a mistake that I made and should not have made being a dietitian. I just, I think, was in denial that I had any problem with it, so mm. didn't really Thing to be tested for celiac disease. <laughs> well, that's really good to know. Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. And I want to transition here into kind of the action phase of our time together. We already know a little bit about what inspired prep dish for you, but you actually mentioned that it's this secret weapon to easy and healthy family meals. Is it really a secret? Like, do you mind talking about it? What is the secret weapon? I mean, the secret weapon is being prepared ahead of time and it shouldn't be a big secret, but I think too often people end up waiting until five o'clock at night or six o'clock at night and thinking, what am I going to have for dinner? Well, that's the worst time to be thinking about what's for dinner. You really need to have a plan ahead of time. And with prep dish, it's not only having that plan, but it's actually having the food prepared ahead of time. So you have no excuses. The food's already in your fridge and ready to go. You're going to end up eating that for dinner. There's no excuses not to. I think what comes up for me a lot in working with clients and even that I've dealt with when I go and buy too much produce is when I structure how I buy the produce. How do we do this, Allison? How do we buy produce and make it last and not have it go to waste when we're doing meal prep? Because, you know, lettuce after a while in the fridge, it gets a little wilted. Are there certain ways that we can strategically purchase produce to make it last and have this meal prep work for us? Yeah. So when I design the meal plans, um, the order of the days, so day one, two, three, four, it's very specific. So um, I'll give the example of fish is usually the Monday dish because you don't want fish to be in the fridge until Friday until you eat it. But something like a soup or a lasagna that's already been cooked through, that can sit in your fridge for a few days. That could be thrown into the freezer if it had to be. Um, same thing with produce. So the lettuce, that would maybe be something to eat earlier in the week, whereas a vegetable like a carrot, that's going to last a little longer. So that could be like a Friday vegetable. So when I create the meal plans, I'm very specific and looking at how long are things going to last and where do I want to order them um, in the week? And that's organized. So there's three phases I saw in prep dish. It's the grocery day, there's the prep day, but then there's the dish day or the serving day. Walk us through those three. Why'd you choose those specific elements to describe the program? Well, so because those really are the three steps that take place. So the first step is going to the grocery store and going through that organized shopping list. I have them organized by area of the grocery store. So it really is in and out as fast as possible. Um, and it's also organized to where that week, you know, if you're going to use half an onion in this dish, and this is sort of what you're getting at too with the produce waste, you're going to use the other half of the onion somewhere else. So I try not to have produce that's bought that's not used. So it's really as you're going through everything that you buy. 
And then the second piece is that prep day. So that's where you actually sit down. And this is how it's different than other meal planning websites. It's spending two to three hours on Sunday afternoon doing your prep ahead of time. Mm. And that's everything from cutting up vegetables, mixing together sauces and marinades, um, you know, getting just anything that can be done ahead of time, getting that done ahead of time. I noticed in one of your Instagram photos, I was perusing your Instagram salivating. There was this one photo from six weeks ago where you said prep day is done and you have these unique containers that you put the food in. Are these like snap top glass containers? Why do you use glass? Yes. Um, for a few reasons. I love it's, I think they're called snapware containers. I get them from container store. I love them. I required all my personal chef clients to have them. Um, the glass one, I just think food stays fresher, better in glass and plastic. It's more appealing. Um, but from a health standpoint, plastic, a lot of times has BPA. Um, these do have plastic lids, but they're BPA free. And that BPA just, um, is kind of known as a carcinogen. So I stay away from having my food stored in plastic as much as possible. Absolutely. Phytoestrogen damage and, um, your thoughts on microwaving. There's a lot of talk out there, especially from the Czech community. I'm a Czech practitioner, but what are your thoughts? I'm curious, someone that works with clients, you know, in a scaled process that you do, what are your thoughts on microwave? So if you take a look at any of my dish days, I do not um, give microwaving as an option. I find that heating on the stovetop is just as fast. And I, I do think the microwaving evidence, it's a bit mixed, but for my taste, I would prefer to use the stovetop or the oven. So gotcha. I'm sure there's folks out there that, you know, they get the meal plans and they figure out a way to, you know, if they run out of time, microwaving is better than, you know, takeout, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there's always just different levels and you have to evaluate where you're at that day. But um, in general, I prefer not to use the microwave. We talked a little bit about grocery day, prep day and dish day, but now I'm sure a lot of people are thinking, you know what? I don't have time or, uh, why do I have to do it in this structured way? Can I just kind of play it by ear? What have you seen from working with previous clients or even current clients as a reason why they can't fit it in? What, what comes up for people that are trying to make these changes? I mean, part of it is just figuring out what, what is your priority? And also after you've decided that it's once you go through, okay, so Sunday, it's going to be hard. You know, it's at two hours. It kind of feels like a lot. You're like, why am I doing this? But just wait because Monday through Friday is so much easier and you do end up saving more. It's like, you, yeah, you invest this time up front, but then throughout the week, you're not scrambling you're not making things from scratch. So it saves several hours throughout the week. So once you get past that, like Sunday, the rest of the week is so easy that it makes it worth it. And you go back and do it over and over and over again. So that's what I find. And it's also, it's folks get more into it. It gets kind of quicker and they realize like kind of how to customize and make it their own. And it, it gets easier over time as well. So cool. And Wellness Force audience, just so you know, Allison has been generous enough to give us a massive discount. We'll talk about it at the end of the show. It's prepdish.com slash wellness force. Allison will explain that at the end of the show. But Allison, let's go into the fun part of the show. This is what I call seven for seven. It's seven questions for seven top of mind answers. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. First one, what are three of the most powerful habits you've come to foster that have impacted your own personal wellness? Oh, um, one would be a morning routine. Two would be not checking like email and Facebook and that sort of thing, like getting away from doing that during the day and just tackling the projects I want to tackle. Three would be prep day, of course, right? <laughs> what is the most creative thing you've ever done when it comes to cooking? Mmm. Figuring out how to write down the process that I use and like share it with people. I, I think that was 
that took some, that's probably the most creative thing I've done. What is the most impactful or even thought provoking book that you've read this year? Oh, the one that I keep coming back to is I really like essentialism. I just like the idea of kind of getting back and only doing the basics. All right. You are literally the 12th person this week. I'm like, I'm pounding my fist on the table. Like, am I just going to order this book right now on Amazon? Wow. <laughs> what did you like most about the essentialism book? Just the practicality of it? Yeah. I mean, I, in a way, it's almost like that's sort of the approach I take, but it's like to the next level. And I just, I feel like there's a lot of areas of my life where I can kind of challenge, like, am I really doing what's essential here? But um, everything from my closet to, you know, my work life and just everything. It's like, am I doing, is it pared down to what it needs to be? Or is, you know, is there clutter? Gotcha. Well, we'll link that in the show notes. And number four, if you could change one thing, just one simple thing about the wellness industry, what would it be and why? Oh, I wish more people were cooking food at home. I just think if people would get back in the kitchen, it would be a huge a huge shift. How has technology impacted your health and or your business most in the past three years? Um, my business wouldn't exist if it weren't for technology. <laughs> so um, I guess the biggest impact has been the fact that I can share these with people and that there's a system online um, that allows me to do that. What are the three most powerful tips for someone to eat healthy when they travel? Have well, have a plan, which includes, like, I always have some snacks that I bring with me. So, um, you know, some that are fresh and some that are sort of like can be with you for several days. Um, do some research to healthy locations like nearby, whether that's restaurants or like going to a grocery store. Um, and then the third is to stay hydrated, like especially if you're flying plenty of water. Last question in the seven for seven, what is wellness to you? What is your personal definition of wellness? Eating real food that makes you feel good. Clean and simple. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you. You made it through the seven for seven. Well, Allison, the 2014 obesity statistics are out and the CDC shows Texas. I know you live in Austin. Texas is the 11th most obese state in America. They're almost 32%, 31.9 of residents being now clinically obese. What have you seen the community outside of Austin do in response to a paleo lifestyle or a gluten-free lifestyle? What current roadblocks exist in Texas that you want to help knock down? Gosh, in Texas, I mean, in general, I, I do think it comes back to what I said earlier, and that's um, figuring out how to get people in the kitchen and preparing meals at home. <laughs> I think that's really helpful. I don't know if there's any speci like Texas-specific roadblocks that I've seen. Besides that Texas does everything bigger, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, and there is that problem. I mean, everything is uh, bigger in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of other states. I think Mississippi being number one. And I, I think what comes up for me when I look at integration, we've talked a lot today, and you've given us some great value on how to actually prep the food and how to set it up and whatnot. But when I look at people that are having sustainable behavior change, it's their environment, it's their friends, it's their relationships. And we touched on a little bit, you know, our relationship with food. Is there any just one pearl of wisdom or, or parting guidance that you can give the audience about what they can do when they feel demotivated, when they don't feel excited about cooking, when they don't feel excited about having that prep day? What are some things they can focus on to get through that? Think back to the feelings of when you have, um, you know, healthy food and like when you've gone through prep day and think how that felt and um, just kind of know in your mind that getting through this will actually like be a bigger reward in the long run. 
Alison Schaff at prepdish.com. What is the gift that you're giving to the audience? Can you tell us a little bit about this, um, uh, the plan that you're actually going to give to Wellness Force? Yeah. So I have a special for you guys. It's a $4 trial. So that's for the first month of trying PrepDish meal plans. That's only $1 a meal plan. Um, if you go to prepdish.com backslash wellness force, and that's all lowercase, and that should be up there. Allison, thank you so much. Uh, I can actually like hear my girlfriend scribbling that down in the background. And I am going <laughs> to give this a test run too. Maybe I'll shoot a blog post out about it. But I just want to pause for just a second. And thank you for making it easier for people to be healthy. I think there's so much complication out there. There's so much noise that finally we find systems that are easy as one, two, three. And that's what I think I've really found with Prep Dish. So thank you for what you're doing and leveraging all your skills and passion to make people eat healthy and, and get the family back at the dinner table. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I I appreciate you having me on the show. That is a wrap for episode 37. Thank you for sticking around till the end of the show. You know that at the end is where we always give treats and today is no different. If you are interested in a free copy of our previous guest, David Zappazotti's book, you can go ahead and email me. I have one copy left. Whoever emails me first with the title, David Z. I'll send you his book through Amazon. Today's show was special. We talked about how to integrate food in a healthy way, and now it's time to take action. You know, so much of the information that we give is the same thing you can find on Google. There's no reinvention of the wheel. But what's really cool about this show is that I have a genuine care for you to take action. The inspiration, the guests, the knowledge, everything that we talk about is great, but there's a bridge, and it exists between what you know and what you do. If you're having trouble with that, and if you need some help and accountability, that group I mentioned at the beginning of today's podcast might be a perfect fit for you. Hop on over to wellnessforce.com slash 120 and see if that's something that sparks your interest. If so, reach out to me, Josh, at wellnessforce.com or you can fill out the form right there on the page. Now you get to go and have an amazing day with all the tools and inspiration you learned from Allison and all the other guests on Wellness Force Radio. And until I see you again tomorrow, I'm wishing you love and wellness.